Well, we're starting a uh, new message series this morning, and over the next several weeks, we're going to look at a number of the parables that Jesus told in the Gospels. And when Jesus uh, was teaching the crowds, his primary means of, of teaching was the use of parables. Uh, and in Matthew thirteen thirty four, we actually read that Jesus spoke these things to the crowd in parables, and that he did not say anything to them without using a parable. So we have the benefit, uh, when we read the scriptures, uh, uh, often the disciples would later on say, wow, I, you know, I didn't get that one. Can you explain that parable to us? And, and so Jesus would explain it, and we have the advantage of being able to read and understand these parables. That, but it wasn't always true for the crowds. And, um, but everyone loves a, a good story, and especially a story that has a surprise ending, uh, because it makes you think. And that's what parables are intended to do. They're to stimulate our mind into active thought. And Jesus' parables uh, were intended to cause us to shake loose any preconceived ideas that we have about God and God's kingdom. Uh, It was almost as like when he would tell a story, like he was throwing a rock through your picture window. You know, the way that you see the world is now shattered and the fresh air of what the kingdom is really like and what is true of us and God is able to kind of break through into our lives and into our hearts. And Jesus used his parables in those ways, allowing us to see the kingdom and see our world through God's eyes. And often his, parab- his parables were unrealistic uh, from a human point of view. I mean, if you look at parables like the parable of the lost sheep, you know, what shepherd uh, leaves 99 sheep unattended to go and seek one? And so they're on, often unrealistic from our point of view, but they're very realistic from the point of view of God and from the kingdom of God and, and of Jesus, who is the good shepherd, who does love us with that kind of love that he would go and, and seek us in that kind of way. And Jesus uh, would often tell his parables in pairs. He would give one parable that was meant to kind of uh, be said in a way that men could relate to it. And then he would give a second parable on the same topic in a way that women would relate to it. For instance, the parable of the lost sheep. He tells this parable. And then the very next parable is a woman who's lost a coin. And so, you know, here the guys are able to relate to the one where the shepherd goes out and he's looking, you know, in the dark for this sheep who's wandered away again, you know. And, and then the parable of the woman who's looking for this coin, sweeping her floors, looking for the coin or the pacifier or whatever it is in, in our day and age that's of great value. And so he would tell these uh, in pairs. And this morning we're going to look at two parables on the same topic, and the topic is prayer, specifically the need to pray with persistence when we pray. And one of the parables features a man and the other a woman. And if you have your Bibles, I would invite you to turn with me to Luke 11 as we look at the first uh, of the two parables. We're in Luke 11, starting in verse 1. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. So his disciples are are watching him pray. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, 
just as John taught his disciples to pray. Now, if you can imagine the, being with Jesus and seeing how often he prayed, what it meant to him, um, they're asking him, teach us. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. So he kind of gives us the, them a model prayer, an example of the things that you would pray for, that are appropriate to pray for when you pray. But then he goes on and he tells them this story, this parable. And he says, suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight, and you say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, Yet, because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, those who seek find, and to those who knock, the door will be opened. I want to uh, ask you to, to, for a moment, put yourself in the place of these two guys. Let's start with the fellow being awakened from a good dream, okay? You're sound asleep when the voice of your neighbor starts to be incorporated into your dream. And then you come to and you realize, no, this isn't part of my dream. He's actually outside of my door. And you discover when you lean out the window and say, what do you want? That he has audaciously come to you asking for you to uh, give him some bread for a friend who, another friend who's visiting. And if it were you or uh, if it were me, we might think on generous thoughts about this unprepared friend and we might also think something along the lines of that this is, uh, this is just like this rude and audacious friend, uh, how they can be sometimes. And, but we would, however, like the man in the story, get up and give him some bread uh, just to be rid of him so that he will quit knocking and uh, our family can sleep. You know, we don't want the baby to wake up. Now imagine you are the first fellow. This friend comes to your home in the middle of the night. He's hungry, bedraggled from a long trip. He gets there in the middle of the night, likely because there's been some uh, hindrance to his trip that he didn't get there when he thought he was going to. And so now you have this hungry friend. And I want you to think about this a minute. What would it take for you to go and knock on a friend's door in the middle of the night to get bread for someone else. I, I mean, I, my cupboard would have to be absolutely bare before I would do that. Uh, to, especially, you know, you kind of look, are the lights on? No. You know, they're obviously asleep. 
uh, I would have to have nothing. I mean, if I had a fried egg or something that would hold this guy until morning and the shops open, then I would give them that. So this guy has nothing. And yet he, go, and so he goes and he knocks on the door of his friend. And, and he does this. It's, it's quite bold. And when he does it, he doesn't get an immediate response. But he keeps knocking. He knows his friend well enough that he will eventually give him what he needs, that he'll come through. And one of the marvelous things about Jesus' parables is uh, his parables are meant to get you thinking. And this one would have struck home with Jesus' listeners because they lived in a culture where hospitality was like at the top of the list. And so when Jesus talks about this guy who will not get up immediately and gives some bread to this uh, other friend, um, that would have been just shameful to them, that, that someone would not offer that kind of hospitality. And so they would, he would have had their attention. And Jesus is telling them um, that they need to persist in prayer, ask, seek, and knock, because if this slow-to-respond neighbor eventually got up and produced a loaf of bread, how much more can we trust a good and loving God to respond when we pray? That's the point of his parable. And Jesus' parables always offer an invitation, an invitation to change, to adjust our behavior, to adjust our thinking. So when you read a parable, look for the invitation. And we're going, we're going to look at uh, uh, three things that Jesus invites us to in this parable. But first I want to read the second parable. The second one, persistence pays, by the way. <laughs> ask, ask any mother, right? <laughs> there's, the, there's the parable for, for moms this morning. Okay, we're going to look in Luke 18 at the second parable then. And then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So Luke tells us right up front what this parable is about. Uh, he says this parable is going to be an example, a story that illustrates that we should never give up when we pray. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. So somebody's already uh, done her wrong. And for some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she will, won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said then, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Okay, so a, a very similar scenario. There's a widow in need. Someone's done her wrong, and, and because she's a widow, she does not have a husband to straighten the matter out. She has no recourse but to go to this judge who seems to care 
very little about her problem. And justice in that day, uh, depending on the judge, was often doled out according to how much money you could swing his way. And we notice, uh, it's the same today, okay. Uh, Notice in both parables, though, the inability for either of these people to meet their own need, right? Obviously, the first guy has nothing in the cupboard, or he wouldn't go in the middle of the night and knock on his friend's door. And this widow cannot meet this need in her own life. She does not have the resources to go up against this adversary. And that's true for us, too. Many times when we are praying with persistence, those times when we need to just persevere and continue to pray about things, it's because we don't have it within the power, our power, to to make things right, to fix this, to change the other person, to to, uh, meet the need that we're praying about, right? And so this is the situation with this woman. And maybe you have a need like that in your life right now. This woman, this widow, cannot fix her own problem. Her adversary is too much. She needs help. So she goes to this judge, and he's unmoved. So she goes back the next day with the same request, nothing again. And she goes back the next day, and the next day, and the next day. Oh, you're off for the weekend. I'll see you on Monday. And then she comes back again on Monday, and Tuesday, and Wednesday. And she persists and does this day after day. And she has one thing on her side, one resource to lean into her persistence. And she comes back day after day until the judge is worn down. He finally says, I better give her what she's asking for before she comes and blackens my eye. I would never live that down in the town. So he gives her justice. In the Old Testament, there's a proverb that says a persistent widow is like a drip, a constant drip. Jesus turns that around, and he uses the persistent widow as an example of persistence in prayer. He lifts it up as a good thing. And once again, Jesus, um, Jesus' point is that if this unjust judge finally responds to the need to the widow, how much more can we trust a loving and good God to hear our prayers and respond to, to those? Uh, he's contrasting the slow judge, the reluctant friend, with God who hears and sees and responds when we pray. All of Jesus' parables offer an invitation to change, to make adjustments, in our life. And Jesus is extending uh, several invitations in these parables. So in the time that we have left, I want to look at these invitations. What is Jesus inviting us to in these parables? The first thing is he's inviting us to pray bold prayers. Jesus' stories, both of these, highlight the audacity and the boldness of the the widow and the door-knocking friend Uh, Their requests are not small. Uh, They require faith to ask. And both of these stories are showing us how to have a deeper walk, a deeper prayer life. And they give us a picture of what true faith looks like. Uh, Brad Young, in his book, Jesus, the Jewish Theologian, 
says that both of the stories uh, show us uh, chutzpah, a a Hebrew word that's kind of difficult to define, but it means headstrong persistence, brazen impudence, unyielding tenacity, bold determination, or what we would would refer to today as just raw nerve. Uh, Jesus invites us in this parable to pray with audacious boldness. And, of course, the invitation isn't to ask for selfish, materialistic wants, but to be bold in our request for the things that matter to God and that have a kingdom impact, that expand the kingdom of God. And this friend is asking for bread for his friend, right? He, he's, he's asking for a, the, the need of another would be met. And shouldn't we be just as bold in asking God to send his Holy Spirit and fill our churches? Shouldn't we be just as persistent in asking God to revive our churches so that those who come in will find spiritual bread and real life? We should boldly and persistently approach the throne for the financial needs in our church so that we can continue to be agents of justice and bearers of good news in the community. Jesus is inviting us to pray bold prayers for our friends who don't yet know God and knowing that God loves them and wants them to know him too. He invites us to pray bold kingdom prayers. Then the second invitation that Jesus makes uh, is the invitation to pray persistently. You see, it's one thing to pray every day, to pray consistently, But it's another thing to pray persistently about a specific matter, to to continue to pray when you don't see God answering. Uh, Look again at Luke 11. It says, So ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. Uh, For everyone who asks will receive, and anyone who seeks will find, and the door will be open to those who knock. You see, I think that Jesus is sharing two very important truths in this passage. The first is that God wants to give good, good, good gifts to us. And he invites us to ask. Uh, so ask. But the second truth is that there will be times when we need to keep asking, to keep seeking, to keep knocking. Um, the, the Greek verb here is the present imperative, which, which is that... Uh, It can be translated that we should keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. And, you know, over the years I've been asked a number of times, um, doesn't it show lack of faith if I pray uh, more than once about something? You know, if I I pray once about it, shouldn't I just have the faith to believe God's going to answer that? Or uh, if I pray twice about something, doesn't it indicate I, I didn't think God was listening the first time? Well, evidently, Jesus doesn't think so. Jesus invites us to pray through to an answer. In fact, he's saying in these parables that praying persistently doesn't present us, doesn't, isn't evidence of lack of faith. It's evidence of real faith. Uh, persisting in our prayers show that we believe God will answer, even if it doesn't appear that he's going to right now. Paul says this about persistent prayer in Colossians 4, 2, and this is our memory verse this week, so let's read it together. Colossians 4, 2. Be persistent in prayer and keep alert as you pray. 
giving thanks to God. Colossians 4, 2. Be persistent in prayer. Keep alert as you pray, right? Watch for the answers and, uh, and give thanks to God. Then the third invitation comes right out of this. Jesus invites us to pray believing. He invites us to pray prayers of faith. And we're invited to believe two things. The first is that God is good. He, he invites us to pray believing that God is good. You know, sometimes we pray and God is silent. And, and I think that we can wonder if God is a little bit like Lucy. Remember Lucy and Charlie Brown with the football? <laughs> right? <laughs> Lucy would say, Charlie Brown, come and kick the football. And he so badly wanted to see that ball fly in the air and go through the goal post. And she would promise, you know, come kick it. I'm not going to move it. And so he would get sucked in again. And, and he would come running up there. And just as he went to kick it, what would she do? She would pull that football away. And he would go flying up in the air. And, you know, there'd be this big, ah across the sky, and he'd land on his back, you know. And then she'd turn right around and say, Come on, Charlie Brown, I won't move it this time. And again and again, he, you know, he would get suckered into it. And sometimes I think we see God like that, that, you know, he's just inviting us to pray, but then he's going to pull the ball away, and uh, we're going to uh, miss out. And... Uh, we can treat prayer sometimes like the lottery, you know. We throw up a prayer here or there, and we hope that this one's going to you know, be one that God will catch, you know, and that he'll answer this one, just hoping that by chance something good will eventually happen. But you see, a person who persists in prayer shows great faith in the goodness of God. They believe that a good God can and will answer prayers despite of the silence that they sometimes encounter when they pray. And then the second thing um, that we can believe is that God will answer your prayers. Jesus' invitation is to pray expectantly, to, to expect that God is good, that he will answer our prayers. That's what he's saying in these parables, uh, that they could expect uh, him to answer. And, you know, Jesus isn't a vending machine. We can't just get everything that we ask for. Um, but we can know that he's always at work when we pray. And he invites us to pray and to ask persistently because we don't always know how to pray. We don't always pray rightly about things. And in prayer, we don't change God's will to fit our will. Uh, we experience God adjusting our will to God's will. And it's the adjusting of my heart to God's heart and what he desires and his ultimate will. Um, so in praying persistently, even when we may start out out of alignment with God, God brings our heart and our lives and our prayers in alignment with his will for us. Pray expecting an answer, God's answer. You know, I'm not certain about a lot of things, but I am certain of this. We all know someone who needs our persevering, persistent prayers. Isn't that true? We all know somebody who needs those kind of prayers that Daniel needs right now. 
those persistent prayers. And maybe you have someone in your life who you prayed persistently for uh, in the past, and then you kind of gave up. Maybe it's time to start praying for them again. Maybe this is God's invitation this morning to do that. We all know someone who doesn't know Jesus Christ. And, and, and you know, that's one of those areas where that requires persistent prayer because we can't change people. Only God can change people. And God will not force people to, to love him and to, and to accept him. So persistent prayer is always needed. And our church needs uh, your prayers. Uh, we have ministries, the mega sports camp this week. Uh, finances in the summer are always low. And so we, the church needs your prayers. Our leadership needs your prayers. Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He invites us to do the same, to pray boldly, to pray persistently, and to pr- pray believing that God is good and that God will answer. Let's uh, pray together. Our loving God, we thank you for your word and for the parables that Jesus told and the stories that kind of uh, force us to look at things from a different angle and to see things uh, are different than we sometimes understand them to be. And we're so thankful, Lord, that you are a good God, that you do want to hear our prayers and that you do answer our prayers. And this morning I, I ask that whatever the needs are that have come to mind as we're talking this morning, that you would hear these prayers and the prayers of people's hearts, and that you would be at work and provide, Lord, and help them to see as you see their situation and the need in their life. And we give you thanks for this church and pray once again for its ministries and that you would be with us, Lord, as we move forward. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.